welcome back, literary slummers, to a Maritime Monday episode of Shelf Aware, and we could have had it all. <laughs> <laughs> Choking in the deep. <laughs> no. You had a shark attack. Your ship, maybe the captain's just asleep. <laughs> really fell apart with the rhyme scheme at the end there, but I'm out. We M. got the gist. We got the gist. I'm Anna. <laughs> this week on Shelf Aware, we are reading the second book in our little uh, little middle grade break trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, The Discovery. Nope, sorry. This is called one. Dive. <laughs> this one, yes. And this is specifically and The this Deep. This book is called The Deep. <laughs> <laughs> the trilogy Dive by Gordon Corman, book two, The Deep. By Gordon um, Corman. <laughs> Gordon Corman. <laughs> it's actually a little bit, bit of a departure for us since we usually, you know, read uh, ghost-written books, you know? That is true. As Except far as we this, know, yeah. this book fully written by Gordon Corman. Gordon Corman. Good yeah. job, Gordon. 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 Go ahead, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Go I, hope, off. I hope no one's real name is Gordon so that we're mocking their name right now. It's not, right? <laughs> It's Sharon. We're mar- we're mo- mocking Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this one, M? Well, this book had everything: ghost sharks. <laughs> <laughs> End of list. It had sharks, sharks attacking humans, sharks attacking humans in a territorial manner. <laughs> I will say this book was a lot darker than I expected it to be. Yeah. But with the end and all. Yeah, I, it was surprisingly dark. I did not think the series was going to go the direction that it did. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same as the other one. So there's not too much to say. There's not a of, lot new here. Yeah, I liked the other one a decent amount. and wasn't really my cup of tea, but I was like, yeah, this is this is fine. This is good middle yeah. grade. Um, it wasn't a painful read at all. And I feel like it was <laughs> Simpson. <laughs> Means it was a good book off for this podcast. <laughs> it was similar in terms of uh, like action scenes to like ratio of action scenes as the last yeah. one, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little less uh, natural flora fauna admiring in this book, which I miss personally. But there were still a yeah. few animal attacks, which a lot I love. Of digging in the dirt. Mm-hmm. In this one, a lot of dirt. A lot of. Um, Sad Samuel again. Yeah, of course. Didn't oh, manage to shake him. him. Uh, um, just a real bummer of a guy. Truly, like <laughs> I like him much better when a he's shark a shark. At the end of this? <laughs> what was the point? What was even the point if he's not going to become a shark? Oh <laughs> uh, well, let's get into it. I guess. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Everyone is dying to know about this dark ending. Yes, this, this very tragic ending. So sad. So sad. It's so upsetting. Um. So the big cool thing about this book is that the children get to go to the push station for a five day stay. What's the push station? It is a underwater facility. It's like sixty five feet down. Uh, and it stands for the Poseidon Underwater Self-Contained Habitat. It's a little house there under the water. Do you think he um, came up with the Poseidon name first or Push? And he was like, I need something question. to fit P. Hmm. Yeah. Things to think about. 
things to think about, you know, and maybe, maybe the whole Poseidon thing is a little hint to close readers like, hey, something mythical might be happening. Like a ghost shark. Like a ghost shark. Famously, you know, Poseidon's chariots in some versions of mythology are pulled by, um, mer or uh, shark maids you know those uh-huh. those half shark name samuel name samuel half shark half well it's in the greek so it's samuel um uh, <laughs> <laughs> half sharks half people half yeah. nymphs really and you know uh-huh. in these men which is just like sexy people yeah right? and it is that's what nymphs are <laughs> yes and it is um as we, I believe, mentioned in the last one, uh, uh, shark maids. And I'm saying maids, but they can be either gender. It's just to go with the yeah, mermaid like thing. Mer- yeah. Yeah. Um, but they are, of course, uh, shark shark head down to the torso and then human butt. And then human legs. Um, so, which, you know, was maybe a design flaw does make them a little bit slower at swimming. but It does, but does it make them sexier? Who can say? Who can say? Maybe. 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 <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the hints are all there. I'm just saying. <laughs> so there is limited communication between the surface and the push station. So before they go down, they're like, hey, like call your parents, send emails, whatever. Let them know what the deal is going to be for the next five days. Um, Adriana goes to check her email and she has the one sitting there from her uncle, the archaeologist of fame, about that she had taken a picture of the whalebone hilt that they had found at the end of the previous book and was like, what is this? And he's like, well, it's a hilt. Thanks so much, Uncle Museum. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Museum. I didn't have anything in my catalog about that. I'm so glad you did. It is, um, they believe the hilt to a dagger or, or not the hilt to a dagger or sword because it's missing some little fancy piece. It doesn't have a cross blade. Yes. Okay. That's doesn't have a crossplay. So, but maybe a whip. IDK. Mm. It's definitely from England, though. Um. So we we know from poor Samuel being whipped. There is a captain, a British captain, that had a whip that sunk a ship, possibly. And also is described exactly like this thing is described because it's got exactly. like a, a gem. His initials are on. Yes, it. his initials are on it. <laughs> it's his. James it's his. Is the thing. <laughs> Um, but the ch- children all think this is weird, or Adriana thinks it's weird, because they believe that the shipwreck they're looking for is a Spanish ship because of the piece of eight that they found. Uh, and she's like, well, it's not like, you know, the, the the Spanish were forbidden from buying products from other countries, so, like, there shouldn't be a British good on a Spanish ship. She knows everything. Whatever. You just have to take her at her word. She's like, this is weird. And they're like, if you say so, Adriana, the museum. <laughs> really, this is just full of fantastic creatures like Samuel the Ghost Shark and Adriana <laughs> the Sentient Museum. The human Museum. <laughs> I can't wait to discover what the other children are. <laughs> so they go to push. Um, they are placed under the supervision of Dr. Igor Okasik, whom everyone just calls Iggy. Um, and he's supposed to be like this mad scientist type of guy who's just always fiddling, always making his little doodads and gadgets. But he just seemed kind of like a normal guy every time we interacted with him. Like, I'm <laughs> pretty sure that in the movie adaptation of this, along with English being hot, Iggy would be like the hot one that like all of the weirdos like because they'd be oh like. Oh my gosh, he'd be played by uh, what Ben Wishaw, is that his name? Maybe. From the guy from, from James Bond, Q. 
Sure, yeah. I definitely watched James He's Bond. He's the voice of Paddington Bear. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's his name. I actually that. also have never seen Paddington Bear, but it was Wish good for the bit. He's like, have you seen like the perfume movie? No. Okay, I'm going to pull up a picture for you. Everyone else at home is sitting here being like, come on, M, you know. I don't. They're also probably not saying that because they're probably also like, you know, we don't know who this is. But if you've seen us, if you've seen a Daniel Craig movie of James Bond, um, you have seen this man. He plays Q. He's the one that's not Daniel Craig in this picture I just sent you. Do you know which one is Daniel Craig? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. Thank you. Yes. Okay. That's him, right? Also, no, because I'm thinking like weirder. Like I'm thinking like, you know how. When the fourth Harry Potter came out, there were like people who were horny for I I know Harry Potter, but whatever. Um, sorry, we haven't excavated sorry. it from our brains yet. But like there were people who were horny for Daniel Radcliffe in that movie, right? Like teens who were horny for Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. And there were like teens who were horny for Cedric because Robert Pattinson. Um, and then there were a non insignificant but weird group of teens, including myself, who were like, Yes, David Tennant doing the tongue thing. That's the vibe I want for, the character in this, for this character of like only only a weirdo would be into this, but something about him, something about the little tongue flick, yeah. right? Yes, like I feel like there's that's something the vibe. to me when David Tennant plays a villain. It's very good. None of you are surprised yeah. by me saying this. David Tennant and Jessica Jones. Uh, it's upsetting. I know. Upsetting the suit. Scrumptious. <sighs> Scrumptious. I'm sorry. Uh, you can all take your 10th Doctor and shove it because... I mean, I also love the 10th Doctor, but... Yeah, but <laughs> David Tennant and Jessica Jones. Imagine him doing the tongue thing. <laughs> Jessica! <laughs> so these children... <laughs> these episodes, like, I feel like, you know... When the books are so basic is when we do some of our best work, it's, right? We panic that there's not going to be enough material, so we just get real out of pocket saying stuff Absolutely. about Absolutely. We go to the, the depths of our minds. Which version of David Tennant is both most upsetting psychologically and horniest. Yeah, absolutely. And why do they overlap <laughs> very, so much? Very, very. Why is the Venn diagram a circle? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Now, David Tennant in DuckTales, and I'm not here for that. Okay, but David Tennant in Good Omens, yes. 100% here for that. Absolutely. I'm going to rewatch that right now, actually, instead of continuing this podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you guys in a week. Now you can listen to the audio of me listening or watching (laughs) Good Omens. (laughs) Um, So, Iggy, what, what level of hotness did we decide? Or he's weird. What level of weirdness? Um... David Tung- David Tennant tongue flick. Yes, that's this guy. That's my okay. vote. I said Ben Wishaw, also a little bit like very much like Tumblr attractive, right? Mm, like this yeah. is the this is the he's he's the one slur. You're right. He's the one slur. <laughs> Famous Tumblr sexy man, the one slur. Absolutely, yeah. Iggy is giving off Tumblr hot vibes. <laughs> you all know. You know. <laughs> You were there with us, you know. Don't pretend um, you're too good for this. <laughs> you get down in the mud with us. <laughs> we can smell the tumbler stench <laughs> wafting off of you. Go on, reblog this. 
add your little hashtags. <laughs> oh my god! I you know, let's. I'm gonna get back on Tumblr. Every I'm pretty <laughs> sure like at one point I started thing. a Tumblr for this podcast, and then I was like, no, I don't have the patience. <laughs> it takes so long to just like develop a yes. nice feed on your dashboard first of all and i i haven't stuff. really been back there aside from like looking for fan art and whatever because i'm trash mm-hmm. um but like i haven't like <laughs> really been back on tumblr in a way that would i would have a dashboard or anything mm-hmm. since the great porn exodus truly yeah that is kind of a huge <laughs> detriment it, and it's not that i was there detriment for porn determined. it's just that like because like that was the mark of like when it was just like well what's even the point of being here sellouts (laughs) boring and i just i feel like the twitter like the twitter stan communities just aren't as much Mm -hmm. of a community as tumblr this is true (sighs) take me back to 2008 uh the children, they they have to take a boat out to where the push station is and then dive down to the push station. So as they as they take uh, their little trip out to the station, they notice Cutter's ship just hanging out. And they're like, what is Cutter doing here? And they're like, oh, we must be so close to the shipwreck. That's why Cutter's out here. Um, maybe we can snoop around while we're here, do a little bit of double dip, right? Um they, they dive down, they get settled in the next day. They go on a dive with Iggy, learning how to use the new equipment because they have these like cute little scooters now that they can putt-putt around on the ocean floor. Fresh. I've always wanted to do these like um, like pre-pandemic and pre-me understanding how like terrible for the environment it is to go on a cruise. It was always my dream to do one of those like scooter underwater tours <laughs> on a cruise excursion. And, you know... If the opportunity presents itself, would love it. Would I don't think it. I ever really knew that this was a thing. And I was like, when they started, I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, I guess. But I don't. They just look hilarious to me. I don't think I've ever seen them like in pictures or anything. So I'll have to look oh, them up at some point. Everyone wears like those old timey like scuba diving hat, like big helmets. Mm. So you can see out of them. And uh, then you just sit on your scooter and you all go in a line. Wow. Put putting on the ocean floor. It's, it's hilarious. I would love to be a part of that. Just something about <laughs> it would just really tickle me. Um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care at all about being underwater. Well, I mean, I do. Like, that part terrifies me. But I think that's just the joy of, like, being in this procession. This could parade we, of humans on the ocean floor. Could we recreate it not in the ocean in some way? Oh, like in a swimming pool? No, I meant more like... Oh above water like above water would would it is is the fact that it is on the ocean floor part of the appeal yes it's where humans aren't supposed to be we have built we have built transportation that we don't even have to swim now we can just drive now i I know this is less likely to happen for many reasons but would Mm -hmm. you put it like equivalent to doing this on the moon for instance oh that would also be very funny okay. i think if we reached a point where we could just like if the episode of futurama where they go to the moon mm-hmm. and it's an amusement park yeah um i would do that okay terrified with space though space and underwater are same to me i Real feel like terrifying. there's something there though of like we could still find some sort of not space not ocean thing that you could do a similar mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like I, I just don't know where else aren't humans supposed to be oh like maybe like a glacier oh yeah that could be 
imagine we were slip sliding on the ice on our scooters. Yeah, that would be fun. Very good. Right? Very good comedy. <laughs> I like how this essentially boiling down to you just want to do it for the bit. Like, yeah, like I just, I just, there's something that just so funny to me is like we as humans have just like. <laughs> We don't even have to try. We've turned this into an attraction. <laughs> and I, under- I understand capitalism is bad. Please don't tell me. It is. I understand. But also, sometimes it can be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The pictures, the idea of it, being in a line and you're all attached to each other and just like ooing and aahing over fish. I don't know. I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna figure out some realistic way to recreate oh this. God, please, please do. <laughs> and you know, if we have to, if we have to, just get a bunch of razor scooters and, and go to the bottom of a swimming pool. That's what we have to do. Bunch of razor scooters, tie ourselves together with jump ropes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> fish bowls on our heads. Fish bowls on our head. <laughs> Grab some of those little motorized fish that you can use in the swimming pool. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Or real fish. I mean. No, don't put those in the swimming pool. In the chlorine? Yeah, no. No, no. Um, Have you seen? I know this is the second. Well, not really because we have the other episode in between these two. But the second time of episodes we recorded in a row that I've talked about a TikTok thing. Have you seen the eel pit guy? I saw a mention about him on Twitter where apparently he has... A, he has an eel named Mental Illness. Yes, he does. And one named Bathtub. Yes. And I think that's very funny. It's very funny. And also just like, I don't know, it's such vibes. He just has this like... He just has a basement full of water. <laughs> basement. I think it's like a, a, a water cistern, like where okay. they used to that store water. Yeah, yeah. His basement. <laughs> he's just like converted it to an eel pit. And it's very good. And I feel like maybe, because he's in Ohio, where I also am, and I feel like if I found him, I could convince him to let you scooter in the eel pit. Oh my god! I feel if you could find this man, befriend him, and then ask him, like, "Hey, can we mess up the ecosystem of your basement cistern and put a bunch of motorized scooters in here for just well, a bit?" I'm thinking it would have to be razor scooters. Okay. And I'm thinking it wouldn't be the full effect because I don't think it's deep enough to really like fully cover you. But I don't mm. know. It could. It could satisfy some of them it could yeah definitely uh the pieces are all there another option it would have to be only cool people though like you guys you guys have to have have the right vibes if you're gonna join me on this venture you have to be chill i don't want any tryhards here you have to i want people i want all my friends who will definitely will all have the giggles that's all here's another possibility that actually might be more feasible than eel pit what if, um, like, an aquarium that does, like, birthdays and stuff oh, with a God. shark, like, a shark yes. tunnel? Yes. And we ask if we can bring razor scooters. we ask if we can swim with the sharks. <laughs> I was just thinking oh. you can razor scooter through the shark tunnel to get that effect. I think also, and then we'd have to have someone, like, doing the videography uh-huh. from the from the other side yes. of the shark tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This is, this is potential. Okay, okay. <laughs> next time so, I'm in town, we're going to the aquarium. Something to think about for your next out some birthday. Paying thirty dollars to get in and just see if we can sneak razor scooters in. Um, <laughs> so they're learning how to use their their cool underwater scooters. I will probably never be able to have. 
Um, and as they get closer to the shipwreck site, they start to hear this roaring sound and something is kicking up a lot of mud and silt. Um, and then suddenly there's this like wild underwater current that just tosses the children about. Adriana loses her mask. She has to, she's trying to open her eyes up underwater, but it's so salty. It hurts. Um, and then Cutter and his crew find it later and they're like, suspicious. (gasps) Yeah. Um, And then they see, like, I think it's Reardon. One of the crew members has this giant hose of some kind that he's just blasting away at the reef, um, which is what's creating all of this, like, turmoil underwater. Um, And then this will be followed up, which we get, we get, like, this weird POV chapter from Cutter's crew. Um, After they blast away the whole reef, the plan is to then suck up everything so they can sort through it all and see if there's treasure in it. Uh, very like environmentally devastating yeah. basically Not and they're good. just so casual about it um and then they we also learn that cutter's crew this is again in the chapter that's just him and his crew they're talking about how the ship that they're looking for is the nuestra senora de la luz uh it should be carrying tons of gold and silver uh our so lady of the shark that. that's what that means you is know? it no Sorry, Lady of the Light. The Samuel of the Sharks. <laughs> um, the kids are, they after they recover from being tossed around underwater, they get back on their scooters. They head back to Push, where Iggy is like, hey, guys, so it was nice to meet you all, and I'm going to miss you all desperately, but my lab exploded up on the surface, and now I have to spend 17 hours in this decompression chamber before going back up topside. I've been underwater too long. Um they're, pro- they're probably going to send someone back down to supervise you guys, but not until after I've spent 17 hours locked in this room that I cannot exit. <laughs> I mean, he can kind of supervise from there. Like, he oh, can oh, look through don't a do little that. Slit. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, children, put that down. Put it down. <laughs> don't put that in your mouth. Take it out right now. <laughs> uh, so basically they have like, I don't, I don't want to know like how many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars this push station costs, but now entirely manned by four 13 year olds <laughs> who try to cook something and forget to add water. <laughs> so it just creates a burning mush of mess. Anyway, um, star is like, Hey, we have minimal supervision right now. We should try to sneak out in the middle of the night, go on a dive to the shipwreck and see what we can dig up for themselves. Because Star's whole motivation here is she wants, she wants revenge. She wants to see the look on Cutter's face uh, when she steals this treasure right out from under him, because she's mad that like Cutter assumed that she would be a bad diver and that's why he hired her. Which so I think is the best motivation of the four. Yeah, Dante's is like I love money. I love money, and do you know how much photographers need money? I'm like, dude, dude. He's like, do you know how much photography I could do with that amount of money? What are you, what, 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 what are you talking about? Just, just do weddings, man. It's very weird that the artist is the one who's like, I need the money. I I need need money. money. I want billions of dollars. Like it, it hasn't been established that he's like in any situation in which he would require money. Right. Right. And then like Adriana, her motivation is to, I guess, put it in her museum museum. she wants to she wants to collect it into her her (laughs) amalgamation and i don't it will become part of i don't know do we really know why kaz cares like is it just kind of like pride i yeah i think he's just like kind of along for the ride and then he like 
in this in this scene where they they do go to the to the shipwreck and they get there fine and they are digging stuff up Kaz like finds a skull and then he's kind of like I don't know if what we're doing is right so he kind of like he's along for the ride and then he's like I don't I want to get off yeah (laughs) but I don't know how to tell everybody I feel like Kaz is going to be the flip of the the moral you know thing here of it's gonna come down to Star and Dante being like really hardcore like it's ours we should keep it and Adriana and Kaz are going to be like, we should, it belongs in a museum. Yes. Or Kaz will be like, we should just leave it. So, yeah, but Kaz, like, he does have this, like, moral issue of, like, hey, this is a mass grave. Uh, so many people died when these ships sank. Like, should we be fucking with this stuff? But he only he only thinks about that internally. He never doesn't voice that aloud, I don't think, in this book at least. Um, possibly in the future, who can say? He's going to be the one who gets to channel the spirit of the shark maids. Of course. Who are going yeah. to be Star like... hockey boy? Absolutely. You have to stop disturbing our remains. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yes, and no one will believe him. <laughs> Not at first. Not at first. They'll think star hockey boy is buckled under the pressure. <laughs> um, at this point, also, like... I guess we can kind of mention the in-between chapters from Samuel Higgins' point of view. They do continue in this book. Um, shark Basically, Higgins. the focus, huh? You mean Sharkule Higgins. Sharkule Higgins. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Uh, Sharkule Higgins, uh, Shark Maid, uh, Ghost Shark. Ghost shark, shark so made. many titles. So many titles. Um, basically, his story is how he didn't realize when he signed up, to be a crewman on this ship didn't realize what the purpose of the journey was and basically they have ended up at a spanish settlement uh with the intent of robbing pillaging all of the sort of pirate behaviors even though they're they promise they're not pirates they're just mercenaries hired by the crown uh but they're here to steal the gold of the spanish and take it back to england with them and they i can't remember if it's this book or the last but they bring he brings up the fact that england at this point has a treaty or is not at war with the Spanish they are at war with the Dutch and they are supposed to be stealing from the Dutch um yeah but they're they're like well who's gonna tattle on us what happens at sea stays at sea uh yeah so all his chapters are basically about like the brutal fighting that takes place um they like surprise attack them and they're just going around torturing people trying to find out information about where the gold is because it's not on the island that they have i wonder if this is classic gordon corman if like in these other trilogies like in everest they're like flashing back to like uh someone is a yet like on the search for a yeti and like you know like if if, yeah yeah, there's like a historical angle to all of these i don't know why yeti was the first thing that came to mind yeah Um, but you know it's it's fine because i was like what would white people be doing in (laughs) on everest historically spending money yeah um (laughs) throwing their trash away (laughs) do you think like in the forest or whatever is it the forest i can't remember doesn't matter um like are there are there historical like flashbacks to stuff happening in regards to the treasure that they're trying to find or whatever because i'm guessing this probably it's probably the vibe of all these books right it feels like like a feels like a gimmick right yeah yeah. Yeah. because it's other like why yeah include it otherwise uh (laughs) um so Iggy Iggy goes back topside after decompressing and he's like someone will be down with you shortly children no worries 
Uh, but no one has shown up by midnight. And so the kids go on their solo nighttime dive again. But this time on the return trip, those stupid idiots get lost Ugh. and they're running out of air. It takes a lot of air to like dig in the, in the underwater dirt. Uh, so they are coming back almost empty and they like, they've been swimming for 20 minutes. And they're like, we should have hit this place like 10 minutes ago. They don't know where they are. They're underwater. It's nighttime. They can't see. And they can't surface either because they've been underwater for too long at the push station. Like it took, it took Iggy 17 hours. They don't have 17 hours worth of air. So things are looking really terrible. Uh, then they see a rescuer in the distance. And as he gets closer, they realize, oh, it's that fucker that hates us. It's English. I think they don't even realize until they get back in the station. Yeah, they don't yeah. know who this is. Because they're like, oh, it's That's the true. new person who was sent to babysit us. Thank you, new person. And then he, like, uh -huh. takes off his helmet and he's like, Zutalo, it is me, English. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> Baguette and such. <laughs> uh yeah he yells at them he's like you guys are dumb why did you do this now i'm stuck with you for the next few days if i'd known it was you guys down here i wouldn't have come he <laughs> <says>. <laughs> but like there's no repercussions for these children doing this and i'm like surely they would have been made to immediately resurface and then been like grounded you know, not in the sense of, like, go to your room, but, like, in the sense that you cannot go below the ground anymore. You just stay on it. I mean, I think it's... You can't go in the water. <laughs> it's the problem of, like, no one cares what these children are doing because... Yeah, the, it's just English the, having to right, take care Right, like, of the person who is supposed to be in charge of their program did it in or like the i kind of mentioned this in the last episode it's very they flimsy fall between the cracks it's very flimsy his like absolutely the whole because they they're like oh the reason that they hired or they did this intern program was to make it seem like they're really scientific because they have interns but then they picked yeah. bad intentionally bad interns they thought so that like they wouldn't get in their way right but it's like, yeah. that's very, that's a very circuitous way of trying to make yourself seem scientific. It seems like an yeah. easier thing to make yourself seem scientific would be like, actually do stuff in your science lab. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not just very obviously not just place, blow up a coral not reef. Not just place one single gold coin on the table and then dip. Like Yeah. Cutter, I, I've been looking through your expense reports and there's just a lot of like dynamite <laughs> on here. What? What are you guys doing with the dynamite? We needed it for the interns. Ah, of course. Okay, yes, yeah, well. Those silly of children. Of course, interns. Those silly American children. <laughs> so they go to bed after after nearly dying and English saving them and yelling at them. They go to bed, and then the next day they go out on another unsupervised dive. If I was English, I'd be like, I have to watch you while you're doing this or else you will die, so you cannot go until I'm ready for you to go. You know? Yeah. What? Why do they be given so many chances? I don't understand. But, um, of course, they go back to the shipwreck site. They go to dig up more stuff. Um, Cutter's ship isn't there today yet for some reason, though. Dante is feeling a little frustrated. They haven't found gold yet. So he ends up looking around and notices there's, like, a steep slope that drops off suddenly. And he comes to the conclusion that because with his with his eyes he can see, his special eyes, he can see – that sounds really <laughs> – dismissive I, I was kind of referencing the, yeah of course the look, look, like, with look, look with these special eyes yeah 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 sorry it sounded really dismissive let me walk that back <laughs> so dante because because he is not distracted by colors he can see that down at the bottom of the slope there looks like there's something metal down there and he comes to the conclusion that like oh the shipwreck must have landed here on the slope and then slid down because that's how gravity works that's probably where the gold is though why no one else thought of this until this point, I don't know. But 
here we are. Um, he's about to go down and investigate, but he's stopped by English, who has decided to show up. He snooped through the kid's stuff, and he realizes, because they've been bringing back artifacts, he's like, those fuckers found something. So he swam out after them, gets there just in time to stop Dante from, like, diving down to 400 feet underwater. Um, he's, it's too deep. The two of them kind of struggle, and Dante is, like, trying to escape English, who has, like, grabbed him to prevent him from going down there because he literally has like physically restrained this child from <laughs> just diving into the depths of the ocean and then as in their struggles they bang on something hard and metallic and they see that it's the bell from from a ship um so they bring it back to push for adriana to investigate because she's a museum and as they're leaving um cutter shows up with his crew and they're like pulling in and they've brought jackhammers to the reef and english gets so mad um, but like he tells the kids, there's nothing I can do because the, the cops are, there's like three police officers and they aren't going to do anything. I don't have the authority to call a bust on these guys. Um, and so they tell English about like, oh, well, there's a shipwreck and that's what they're doing. So now English is in the loop fully, but he doesn't feel like he's in the place of power to do anything about it. Again, this guy works like his full-time job is he works on like an oil rig that is right off, um, one of these islands and he only helps out i don't know if it's like part-time work or a volunteer thing that he just hangs out here at this push date he's friends push, with the captain the i think he just yeah just he good just buddies. hangs out and everyone knows him <laughs> um back at the push station adriana is able to clean up the bell and she say she sees like it says toledo in a year and from that she goes through her her card catalog she keeps in her brain and she's like here's the ship I can I deduced it from all the other ships that were built in Toledo in this year uh and so I know for sure it's the Nuestra Señora de la Luz that's what, that's the ship that sank it was reported to have disappeared in a hurricane in the French West Indies and that the cargo of the ship is estimated value of 1.2 billion dollars which just sends Dante frothing at the mouth he's so excited so gold hungry Yes. Uh, he's like, I can't wait for us to be super rich. Also, by the way, I think the treasure landed at the bottom of that slope. Uh, so we're going to need to go down really deep. But oh my gosh, we're going to be so rich. I love money. All I care about is money. And English overhears this and he gets pissed at the kids because all they care about is treasure. And he's like, I'm cutting this trip short. We're going to have dinner and then you're all going into the decompression chamber. We're going topside. And once we're there, I never want to associate with you children ever again. <laughs> fair i wish also i could say the same english but. is the real hero of this book series <laughs> truly truly anything happens to this man oh, i will be so i'm angry. so worried i think we're out of the woods because i feel like with the ending of this book that's probably gonna be yeah. it but maybe yeah. not maybe not we'll i see. also feel like english because of the fact i i think that there's might be something with like english and the fact that he is related to probably someone from one of these shipwrecks. Like, I know I said mm. the jokingly about the shark. Not jokingly. I mean it for real. Um, He's going to be he in shark duel. But, like, I've got to have a case I, of it. I think that he is related to someone from that shipwreck, right? Or from that ship. Either yes. the captain or Samuel. Um, oh, my God. If it's the captain, wild. I mean, uh, so I think that, like, that is, it's kind of like, his vibes in general are kind of like the character that has called Scooby-Doo and the Scooby gang to come investigate a thing, you know, <laughs> where it's like uh -huh. the local person who is like plugged into everyone around here and is the one that they're yeah. trying to help. Like, I feel like he's going to in some way benefit from 
their whole he's gonna inherit all this money? yeah i think actually oh, maybe because maybe they'll be the like museum. maybe they'll be like oh it he's the the ancestor the only like living ancestor of someone from the ship right yeah and then so he like gets the money or whatever or they'll be like they'll they'll donate like most of it to the yeah. museum, and they'll be like, "Oh, English, before we go, we got you a little something." And he'll open up a box and it's full of doubloons. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> they leave forever, never to be seen or heard from again. <laughs> uh, I think I think because like Samuel has has been characterized as this very lucky character, like everything that happens to him is very lucky. Maybe he somehow survives. That's kind of my thought too. And he'll be Samuel Sharkules. Uh, yeah. Uh, Great, great, great grandpa. Yeah, something like that. Um, so the kids are like, okay, I think we have we got practice. We told English about everything that's happening. Maybe we need to get another adult involved. And so when they're back at the institute, they go to Captain Vanover, their buddy, their pal who goes to bat for them every time to tell them everything they know. And Vanover's like, you have to keep this quiet because the only advantage you have over Cutter is that he doesn't know that you know. Uh, so as long as you keep it secret, we can do some stealth moving here. Vanover is then like, we think we need to get Iggy involved because we introduced this character and he had like two lines. Let's get him back in the story. He is a mad scientist. He can he can come up with some equipment to search underwater. So they go to Iggy. They tell him about the shipwreck. Now three adults now. Um, and he has made some sort of like underwater video camera device. This is cutting edge technology. Iggy has just invented, tested it out in his bathtub. Perfect. I just really don't know why at this point they didn't. I don't know. Like why they didn't tell somebody at this point. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like Cutter is out on this boat in the middle of wherever. Every day he's Every out day. there is more reef being destroyed. Yes. Go to like the head of this institute who is like yeah. we haven't talked about him much but basically he's got a videography crew following him around and he doesn't yeah. really care about anything besides like his documentary yeah. or whatever. Um but just go to him, be like, "Hey, Cutter is lied presumably about like his intentions for what he's doing his, here." He, his, even his credentials. <laughs> he's an ecological disaster. Let's go get him and then go to Take your boat, go to his boat, and be like, Cutter, you have to stop. You must stop. We're taking like, your boat away. The only away. way he is able to do this is because... That's what the children should have done. Put a hole in their fucking there boat. There you go. Maybe you book go. three. <laughs> yep. They'll be racing against the clock in book three, I'm But, sure. like, the only way that he... I mean, like, yes, he could go get another boat or whatever. But it's like... But then in the time that he is going to have to go get another boat... You guys can get the treasure and you don't have to be like up against exactly. this like concern about what if Cutter follows us. Like Exactly. Ugh. Uh but you know, it's it's children book logic, so Yeah. It's just frustrating <laughs> the have to do it once all. they have involved the adults that the adults aren't like, let's do the logical. Don't thing. take over for them. Yeah. Let's go about this the correct yeah. way. Um no. Instead they decide to go out on the water in a boat in the middle of the night. They lower a video camera down into the depths to see what they can see. It's like 300 feet down. They're having a hard time finding anything. And Vanover's like, hey, guys, a storm is coming in. We got to wrap this up. But they're like, no, no, no. Let's just do it out here for a little bit longer. So as the storm is like finally upon them, they see some like they see some cannons. They see some ballast. Like they're starting to see some ship stuff. They come to the conclusion, oh, obviously the ship has split in two. Um, and the part with the treasure is what has, is down there on the slope. 
great, confirmed what we already knew, but for the adults, they pull the cameras back up, and then they have to, like, battle the storm to get back to port. This was kind of an exciting part. They had to, like... Not for me. I had skimmed this. (laughs) (laughs) They had to, like, strap themselves to the side of the ship, and the camera gets all smashed to hell because they didn't secure it down, but Iggy's like, I'm not mad. I didn't pay for it, and the lab doesn't question me breaking stuff, so... Great. Tax dollars at work. Ha <laughs> ha. Got him. Bazinga. Adult <laughs> joke. Uh, <laughs> when they get back, Kaz and Dante notice that it seems someone has been snooping in their room and has seen that they have the ship's bell. Who could it be? Who could it be? Maybe Mariana coming to check on them? Me. I highly doubt Cutter knows where they sleep. <laughs> Cutter has no interest in these children. Mariana's the one that's kind of suspicious of them. Yeah. Um, in the morning, Adriana wakes up and starts to clean her fingernails. We get like this whole like explanation of how, because she's a rich girl, she's expected to like maintain her appearance. So she wakes up and she goes to clean her fingernails. This is like, we did all this build up just for her cleaning her fingernails to notice gold dust. We didn't need an explanation about why. I mean, I, well, maybe I was going to say, we don't need an explanation about why a 13 year old girl can practice basic hygiene, but I guess maybe we do. Yeah. Like anyone would, if they woke up and there was so much dirt encrusted under their fingernails, they would go clean them. Yeah, but also teenagers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who can say? Gordon Corman was like, go shark. Yeah, sure. They'll buy this. But girl (laughs) practicing basic hygiene. Hmm, Not sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and also she is a sentient museum. So, I mean. That is true. She's used to the dust. You know, it was, was, I was going to say, it's like that, uh, like any scene of any fish out of water story where like the person that they are meeting or like hanging out with you know like fucking jane tarzan or george of the jungle oh, yeah, in the jungle yeah, yeah. where they're like here's how you do basic human maintenance <laughs> now now when you become a human adriana you'll have something Got called fingers <laughs> and they'll be very important for you to keep clean or else everyone will know you're not a human you'll have something called fingernails adriana you'll have them attached to your fingers Oh, I've heard of those, Mama. They're in my collection of dead human... Nope, no, Adriana, we don't talk of that. Adriana, we don't talk about that at dinner. (laughs) Now eat your brick and mortar. Uh... Adriana tells the other children and they all find more gold dust on their clothes and stuff that they were wearing. So basically the gold dust came from the camera as it was like being dragged around in the dirt down there. It picked up some gold dust and Adriana gives us this explanation of like why it is just gold dust. They use it for smuggling. It's gold dust for smuggling. Smuggle the gold dust so you don't have to pay taxes on it. Cool. Wonderful. And then they all go to Vanover, who's like, well, we just have to wait and be patient. We can't dive down right away or else they'll be on to us. And Cass is like, well, IDK, because it seems like someone knows that we have the bell, but we don't know who knows. Vanover is like, all right, then. Let's go. We got to business. We got to pop off here. Yeah. If we don't do something about this right now. So he finally suggests something logical. He's like, I'm going to requisition the use of a research sub. We'll go down. We will find evidence of our shipwreck and then register it with the International Maritime Commission, and then it will be our shipwreck, and Cutter can't do shit about it. Awesome. Wonderful. They all get aboard the submarine. And for some reason here, it's noted that if they don't find anything on this expedition, it will ruin Vanover's career. And I'm like, then how does does he have the authority to requisition the use of this research sub? What does he do? What is his job here? (laughs) 
Three, why doesn't he just say it was for the interns, you know? like We love the interns. We have to give them the everything, interns. even dynamite. Even dynamite, yeah. Dynamite, submarines, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> they go down the slope. They find a cannon. They find some other debris. And as they go deeper, they see an entire second ship down there. What? This makes sense if you've been reading the Shark Yule Higgins story. Mm-hmm. Because at this point in the past... We've learned the Spanish set sail with their treasure a few days before the British showed up to steal it all. And now the British ship has to set out to track down the treasure ship because and the, and they, they know like we'll catch up because the thing is so laden with treasure. It's going to be slow in the water. So this will be easy for us. They, they go out there. Um, so they're snooping around the wreck site. Who shows up? Clarence, the big shark. Oh, my boy. Here he comes. The spirit of Samuel Higgins comes. comes. He doesn't like this sub. (laughs) He doesn't like the sub in here in his territory. So he comes up and he bumps this ship. He bumps it real good. Tries to bite it. The sub doesn't bite back. Clarence goes away lonely. Um, He... Vanover, so Clarence is like attacking the sub. Vanover's like, I'm going to set the sub down at the bottom of the ocean floor and not move. And then maybe the shark will think we're dead. Uh, and it works. Clarence is but a simple shark, <laughs> loses interest, swims away. But now the sub is stuck at the bottom of the ocean, 700 feet down. Because apparently Clarence, when he bumped the sub, it like split it split it in just the perfect way so that when it settled down into the mud, a bunch got stuck up in its underbelly or something. And now it's too heavy to lift itself back up by dropping weights. So they're basically stuck here at the bottom of the ocean. Um, Vanover, he tries to get them to go back up the slope using the thrusters, but this is not the way the thrusters are meant to be used. So he's like, I'm going to try and get us to 200 feet deep. You all need to strap on these air tanks. I'm going to blow the hatch when we get to 200 feet. Because I guess that's like the minimus, the minimal, the minimal depth, the maximum, maximum depth. Yes. For which it is safe to dive. The minimum they need to reach before yes. they don't die in the ocean from the hatch being blown. Um, so he does this. They, they, they go through with it. The kids are all kind of knocked around by the water. Kaz gets tangled up for a little bit, but Star cuts him free, saves his life. They all escape but star's like i feel like we've left something behind she turns around she sees the captain's body just floating out of the hatch she goes back to him she takes a lot of effort because she doesn't have any weights on or anything so like she's fighting her natural buoyancy she gets reaches the captain realizes he is dead she assumes knocked unconscious when the water rushed into the sub didn't get his air thingy in his mouth died very sad um when she realizes this, she screams, and the regulator leaves her mouth. A bunch of air leaks out into the water um, before she can put it back in, before she realizes what's going on. She has this thing called, um, shoot, what is it, like, n- n- narcosis, like hydrogen, nar- no, nitrogen narcosis, I think is what it is. Basically, like, I guess when you go, when you're diving down very deep you can start feeling a little bit like you're drunk this is how it is explained in the book i did no further research so she kind of has a little bit of that going on where she's not like she's not able to have the fastest of reflexes or isn't thinking um correctly of what she should do so she screams the air leaks out she puts it back in her tank is almost empty she's like i gotta head to the surface but as she's heading up her equipment's like you've been down here too long girl you gotta decompress 
And she's like, I don't have the air supply to decompress. What should I do? Should I head up early without decompressing and risk getting the bends or having the bends? You get them regardless, but puts her at risk for paralyzation or death. Worst case scenarios, joint pain and other stuff. Uh, Cause I guess, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, but it like makes little bubbles in your blood. It was and really gross the way it was described. It was Cause it was like, yeah. she pictured it and she's like, I know this isn't actually what's happening. And I guess now I know this isn't actually what's happening, but um, she was like picturing it as like her blood getting like frothed up like a milkshake. Oh, gross. And I'm like, girl, yeah, that. that's a lot that you've just said Why to me. Anyone, it's me like, don't go too deep underwater. Don't go into space. It's just too scary. Unless you're on a little scooter with a whole bunch of your friends. Uh, <laughs> then it's later. That's great. She's like, I could either get the bends or I could drown. Which is better? I'm going to try. I'm going to take my risk with the bends. So she heads up before she runs out of air and she she surfaces. She's like, I'm bent. The captain is dead and I'm bent. So they get her, they ear evac star to the oil drilling platform. That's where English works. Um, and they they put her in like a decompression chamber and she's getting medical attention. The kids are all very worried and English shows up. And he is, and they tell him what happened. And he's like, wow, your captain friend is dead. And now your friend could possibly die. Do you feel rich from treasure hunting now, bitches? Damn English. And that's how the book ends. <laughs> also, again, fueling my um, Kaz and, and Star are going to do a chaste kiss on the cheek by the end of this series. Yes. Um, Kaz is like horrified by the fact that Star was injured. It reminds him of, you know, the whole thing with the hockey and the all hockey that. Incident. And he like realizes she's going to be uh like taken to the hospital by herself and is like no i have to go with her and like jumps onto the helicopter he jumps into the ambulance helicopter i'm just saying guys it's setting it up that's pretty romantic it's setting it up yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you weren't far off when you said it was a sports (laughs) apparently (laughs) Uh, the sport was scuba the sport was scuba the whole time (laughs) yeah um i liked it it was fun it was a good book yeah I mean, for, yeah, for, like, a middle grade adventure book, a lot of adventure, very entertaining, a lot of loopholes, a lot of questions about stuff, but you know what? And a dude died, so that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It went hard at the end. So maybe this will mean a very uh, climactic ending. We'll see. I like Sharkuel, craves blood. I love, I love that. I love, he's my favorite character now. Uh yeah, so series theories, I guess, since uh we're yeah, why we're not moving into the last one. Uh Chase Kiss, we've talked about that. Yes. Um how do you think it's gonna end? What what do you think is gonna be the resolution of the treasure? So I think they're gonna do a thing where so the next book is probably let's see, what is the next book called? First of the all. This could change things. Death. The death. I don't know. Ooh. I was trying to think of things that started with a D. <laughs> Uh, it is called The Danger. The Danger? Okay. Well, clearly there's going to be some kind of danger. Most likely. I think this one we're going to have like a head-to-head fight with uh, Cutter and the kids. But for some reason, like, I think Cutter is going to drop out of the race early. I don't know why. Maybe legal repercussions. Maybe they die to Clarence the shark. I don't know. But then, but then the, the end of the book is going to be them, like, battling the shark, 
to get to the treasure and then grappling with this idea of like, should we take it? Should we leave it? Should we donate it? What do we do with treasure led by Kaz who will have to 12 angry men, the rest of them into believing that the treasure should stay behind. Interesting. I think (laughs) Cutter is going to be the big bad over Clarence. And I think what I'm Mm. guessing will happen is that we are going to get some sort. And I know we've joked about ghost shark, but this is what I think is going to make both Clarence. It's important. And Samuel's whole story being in here makes sense. I think that in a flashback, Samuel is going to somehow be saved by a shark. I think that like maybe the captain and him are fighting to the death or something. And the shark's going to eat the captain. And then he's going to get away because of that. And then there's going to be this because it's like they keep bringing up these things about like, A, this shark is way bigger than any other target shark. B, that's true. This shark is behaving so weird and going to like 400 feet down and being territorial there, which like sharks don't do that. Right. Um, So like and I mean, they say this in the book. This isn't just like Gordon Corman not knowing how sharks work or something. This shark is behaving strangely. Right. It's a magic shark. I think, it's the only I think there's going to be like an implication that it's like the same shark or something. Like, but they're not going to actually say that. I think it's going to be like the old man might be Santa Claus winking on Adam. Oh, he's going to wink at them he's, at the, the end shark's of the gonna book. Wink. So I think it's going to. He's going to walk on the uh-huh. land and then and then turn to the camera and that we are suddenly now watching yes. instead of yes. reading. And he's say, Merry Christmas to one and all. And then dive and to back all in. a good bite and then jump back in the water. <laughs> yes, perfect. So I think that's going to be like Clarence's vibe is that he's like kind of a mystery magical shark that we never really get like a full explanation for what the fuck his deal is. But he just like shows up to like protect slash like deal with people who try to touch this treasure. Right. So I think he's going to end up killing Cutter. Like you kind of said, like they'll get scared off by him. But I, I think it'll be like in the fight so that we can avoid the kids killing another human. I think like in the final fight or like confrontation, the thing it's going to be deus ex shark and clarence is going to come in and and get rid of cutter that way and i do think that they're gonna they're gonna go the museum route that is kind of where i feel Mm. like yeah that makes sense yeah also uh samuel is english's uh ancestor yeah i think they're the same person pretty much maybe he's an immortal being yep he's so lucky he gets to live forever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right well that's it for this how fun this one. Um, this one is done next week is our 200th episode <gasps> wow. wow what is it gonna be <laughs> we don't know a book you might know but we don't we don't know yet we are recording so far in the past we've made mistakes in our schedule yeah things got a little funky but maybe by the time this episode's airs will be back on track. Yeah, who can say? Who can say? Who can Only say? time will tell. Um, but the week after that, we will be back with um, Dive Book 3, The Danger by Gordon Corman. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you would like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, how will how will you know when we are? How will you know? How will you know? How will you know? 
you listening to this episode might say right here, right now, but let me tell you, that is not the case. Actually. (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review, but if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Gordon Corman, torture and murder became an entertainment. Looting followed naturally, as the dead had no use for possessions. These Samuel chapters are such bummers. <laughs> they really are. Real sad. I would be fine with it if that was the tone the whole time, but it's just not. And it's, it's whiplash, very man. jarring. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at our calendar. It's so far in the future. I know, I know. We don't post the first book until September 26th. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. What we've done is fine and good and healthy. <laughs> we're good, we're good. We're good. Don't try to talk to us about these books because we will not have any memory of it by the we time We will have no books. recollection. I will have to re-listen to the whole episode to do the show notes. Yep. Um,